Welcome to Purple Jaguar Playoff Round 1 Review. So, a lot of the round runs, round ones are starting to get wrapped up. And let's talk about some things that we've learned from these first round matchups. First off, the NBA is having a fantastic first round series of playoffs. And that doesn't happen quite often. A lot of times we have teams that are overpowered or we have a few teams that are – we already know that it's just going to be a matter of time before they meet in the finals. And not this year. We've had some upsets. We have – right now we have two series that come to mind – actually three. Three series that come to mind that are unexpected. So we have the Knicks that are now three games to one over the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, that's a 4-5 matchup. Those seem to go either way. But the Cavs were heavily favored in this matchup. And the Knicks are proving to be just too much, too dominant. Um, their offenses ran very well and efficiently, even on um, low output nights by Julius Randle. And Jalen Brunson is emerging as a star. And for all the criticism of the trade that didn't happen, the Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks. He ended up in Cleveland because the Knicks wouldn't give up R.J. Barrett. It's turning out to be a, not that big of a deal, not that big of a swing in uh, how well the teams are playing. Jalen Brunson, to me, is somebody that can go under the radar. He's a small guard, he's about 6'2", and his game isn't extremely flashy, but... It's just good old grind it kind of basketball. You can depend on him to hit the shots when you need him to, to make the smart plays, to dictate the pacing of the game. He is playing outstanding. And this is without Julius Randle even producing anywhere close to what got him to be an all-NBA player throughout the season. So I think the Knicks-Cleveland is one of those. We thought it would be a little bit more of a competition maybe it'd be 2-2 at this point with uh three games to go potential game seven series kind of you know matchup but it's turned out to be a surprise and the Knicks are dominating another surprise is we did not know that the Sacramento Kings would mature right before our very eyes we knew that they were good and they were an all-time offensive output team but we did not know that they would have the maturity that they've been able to kind of unfold in these playoffs. And Darren Fox, De'Aaron Fox, he's that guy. He's absolutely that guy. And he was prospected high out of the draft, and it took him some time to develop and get used to the NBA. But as far as an athletic guard goes, he has – all the athleticism in the world, all the speed in the world, all the composure in the world. He's the clutchest. He won clutch player of the year. He's inaugurally, so he's going to win the clutch player of the year. And it is proven to be the same in these playoffs. Now, the role players are hit and miss for Sacramento, and that allows the Golden State Warriors to stay in this series. It is now 2-2, and it is going to back to Sacramento tonight. This is Wednesday, of course, and we'll see what happens. I don't think Golden State's going to be able to steal another, or yeah, steal a game on the road. So I, I believe this could potentially be a seven-game series, but I don't know if Golden State's going to be able to win on the road in Sacramento in the seventh game. Now, 
this would be where the maturity and all the things that we were worried about with the Sacramento Kings can come into play because if for some reason they get to a game seven and the Sacramento Kings kind of collapse or the pressure gets to them finally, that would be where we kind of thought the disadvantage for them would be. But we'll see if we even get there. They're playing really well and there's some been there ha- has had to have been some Herculean effort by Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors to pull out the two wins that they won. So they're older, they are slower, but they are more experienced. So we'll see how that plays out for the rest of the series. But so far, it's been a fantastic series. I can't wait. And we have another surprise, and that is the rise of Jimmy Buckets. You can't say enough about what Jimmy Butler has been able to do in the playoffs and in these playoffs. They lost Tyler Hero. He broke his hand, so he's out for the rest of the season. And he's one of their, you know, ah, 17 to 25, could get you 30 on any given night kind of players. And Jimmy Butler has shouldered that load and scored 56 in his last playoff game, which ranks fourth in all-time playoff scoring games. And they needed every one of those buckets. And he provided that. Now, I don't know what's going on with the Bucks as a team because they were the pretty much, for all intents and purposes, the defensive team of the year with several all-defensive players. But Guinness being out with the back injury, and then they're settling. It seems like they're settling for three-pointers like they feel like they need to score with the Miami Heat and the Miami Heat are shooting an all-time three-point percentage right now I mean they're shooting over 50% from the three that's not something that is sustainable but the fact that the Bucks are still in the games but then electing to shoot threes instead of put their head down and drive to the basket and force the ref to call make a call or get a layup is baffling I mean, the Greek freak is an unstoppable force for most, for, for the most part. And I don't know if he's settling because his back and that's like in his mind as far as his back being hurt or if they're just trying to go blow for blow with the Miami Heat and how they're shooting the three. I don't know, but it's put them in a 3-1 hole. Now, out of all the teams that are in a 3-1 hole, I give the Bucks the highest chance to climb out of it. But they're going to have to play their game. And they're going to have to make some adjustments on Jimmy Butler. If they beat you because Robinson is hitting threes, or Martin is hitting threes, or Bam Adebayo is dominating inside the paint, okay. Okay. But I would be remiss to say double team Jimmy Butler and make those other guys beat you I mean die like that don't die allowing Jimmy Butler to get whatever shot he wants and to completely torch whoever is single or solo guarding him Uh, so there's some adjustments that need to be made and we'll see if the Bucks can make those adjustments but winning three straight games in a playoff series is tough Actually, it happens only 5% of the time. Most teams that go down 3-1 to one end up losing the series. 95% of the time they lose the series. But that has been a huge surprise. Now, one of the most consistent things that I've seen throughout these playoffs that 
I think has been the difference maker in a lot of these games is the effort and energy. You cannot have an excuse for effort and energy. You can have a bad scoring night and maybe your shot's just off. Or you can have a you know, a few couple bonehead turnovers because you just weren't focused or whatever. You cannot lack effort and energy. And I think that has been the biggest takeaway from this first round of playoffs is the massive amounts of effort and energy that has been, you know, given by teams that don't have the stars, the star power, or the shooting, or the skill. So this is put on display by the Suns and Clippers series. It was wrapped up last night. The Suns took the series 4-1. to The fact that it was even competitive at all was just indicative of the LA Clippers' energy and effort. Night in and night out, they played to maximum effort, and that's what kept them in these games. That's what put the Phoenix Suns on their heels. And that could be what gets the Phoenix Suns to have an early playoff exit. Now, as far as skill players go, you start naming off players. The Phoenix Suns have the best starting five in the league. Easy. Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Chris Paul. Um, then the tall guy, I don't remember his name off the top of my head, but they have the best starting five. They also don't have a bench. And we're waiting for their backup point guard campaign to come back from injury. Now, it takes a minute to get your legs under you. It is playoff basketball, and he has not played yet in the playoffs. So I don't know how big of an impact he's going to make initially, but they can work him back in. And you're seeing that the L.A. Clippers were able to stay in the game because anytime the starter started having to come off the floor, that's when the Clippers would climb back into the game. And we're talking like Plumlee. We're talking Eric Gordon, Russell Westbrook. Now, he was playing out of his mind for three out of the five games, but it was just effort. It was the getting back on defense. It was the switching on screens. It was the closeouts on three-point shots. It was just effort. And effort has been, for all intents and purposes, what has won Los Angeles, the Lakers, a game? That game four, that was an effort. It was not a pretty game. It was not a um, offensive output that is normal for the Lakers, but it, the effort. Anthony Davis scored four points through the first three quarters, and if you would have told me or most analysts that, they would say, oh, Lakers are getting blown out, and they weren't because the role players were giving maximum effort. Their defensive side of the ball was still at an all-time high. Um, he ended up, Anthony Davis ended up with four block shots, which, I mean, that just shows you right there, that stat right there. He had four block shots, LeBron had two block shots, and two charges taken. That effort is what kept them, and it ultimately helped them to win that game. And so, can they sustain that amount of effort? I don't know, because they are an older team. Anthony Davis is one fall away from being out. LeBron James has the plantar fasciitis going on in his foot. And they're going to need to hit shots against whether Golden State or Sacramento. It's just they just can score. And so 
And the Lakers' defense is more of an interior defense. They can beat up on teams that like to drive into the paint and get baskets, but their effort is going to be needed to close out on three-point shooters that hit it on a 40% regular basis. You know, Dylan Brooks is not hitting no threes. We're not worried about him. Desmond Bain has been playing really well, but he's been streaky from the threes. And then Ja Morant is not a huge three-point threat. He can hit them, but with his hand hurt, he's also streaky. So they benefited from the matchup in the first round with the Grizzlies being able to kind of pack the paint and, you know, change any drives that are coming in. But when you're playing a Sacramento or a Golden State or a Phoenix Suns, Denver's pretty good at this too. Everyone else can hit threes at a pretty high efficiency. And so I don't know if the Lakers are going to be able to keep up with teams that can hit threes like that, especially since LeBron is shooting two for 19 from the three-point line right now. And he's electing to take more threes due to that prior injury to his foot. Um, So if they start hitting threes on a regular basis or, you know, uh, Hachimura has another game where he's just on fire from the three-point line. Austin Reeves is hitting from threes. D'Angelo Russell is also a streaky shooter, but if he's given them 15 to 20 points a night, the Lakers can compete in the next round. But they're going to need consistency, and they're going to need to learn how to close games out. Because what has been happening in this first round is they have gotten huge leads on the Memphis Grizzlies and then allowed them to sneak back into the game or out-effort themselves back into the game. The Lakers take their foot off the gas. Then they they cut it down to single digits. And then in some cases, they've even taken the lead in these games. And that's kind of scary because if you're a Lakers fan and you're watching them moving forward, you don't know what you're getting night in and night out. And so it's hard to be really confident in them. And you're going to have several panic attacks throughout the game because every time AD falls, every time LeBron's in there for 45 minutes or 40-plus minutes, you wonder when is that attrition going to catch up with them. And that's tough. Now the Celtics, on the other side, dropped a game to the Atlanta Hawks. They had a chance to close out in Madison Square Garden a game five. And they allowed... And I'm saying this, they allowed Trey Young to beat them. And that is the playoffs in a nutshell. You can't allow the star players to beat you. With with whatever you do, don't allow the star players to beat you. If the role players have big games, contribute, and they beat you, okay. But we know what Trey Young can do. We know what he brings to the table. I, I would say he's a poor man, Steph Curry. You know, he's young. He's, you know, got a fantastic shot, can hit from anywhere on the floor offensively. He lacks some in the defensive uh, end of the court. He's smaller. And the Boston Celtics know that. And they know who they have waiting for them in the next round. And they know what could potentially happen in the next round. 
And I don't know if they start thinking about that and they lose sight of the team that they need to close out. But you're going to start to see in these playoffs how important that extra rest is. The teams that ended their series closed the games out quickly and the teams that prolonged the series, you're going to see the difference, especially in round two. Now, let's just say hypothetically the L.A. Lakers go and close out the Memphis Grizzlies tonight. And the Suns, or not the Suns, the Golden State Warriors and the Sacramento Kings go seven games. Okay, I wouldn't worry so much if I was a Sacramento fan if Sacramento went seven games because they have a relatively young team. But if Golden State goes seven games and they end up winning in the seventh game, that bodes very, very well for a Lakers team that's coming off of five days rest. And that's going to be the same case for the Celtics and the Philadelphia 76ers moving forward. The 76ers are at home waiting, waiting for this series to be over. That means Joel Embiid is getting rest. That means Harden's getting rest. That means Maxi is, you know, getting some rest. And the Celtics are still in a fight. And there's a reason why fighters in the UFC or in boxing take three to four to six months off between fights. It's exhausting to get in that shape, to go those rounds. And in basketball, there's it's no different. Even in college, during the tournament, they they play two games, okay, and they're not back-to-back. They're typically, you know, they hit a day of rest and they play another one, and then they get a week off. And so you're seeing them at pretty much full as far as their gas tank and stamina. But these NBA teams, as soon as that series is over, as soon as two teams are done, we're ready to go to the next series. And so it's really going to come into play moving forward in these playoffs how quickly you're able to wrap up playoff series. And I think LeBron knows that. And I think that he knows, and he's probably telling the guys, like, hey, we have an opportunity to get some rest here before the next round. And that rest is going to definitely impact our ability to give maximum effort to whoever's coming out whether it's Golden State or Sacramento. And I think he's going to be talking to the role players, Anthony Davis, you know, and letting them know, like, this is ultra important. So I'm excited to see if the Lakers can go into Memphis and close it out tonight. I predict they will. I predict that the Grizzlies' um, demeanor after losing that game the way they did, uh, was it last night? Yes, or the night before last. I think that they, um, they're done. They're done mentally. Um, they're not shooting particularly well. And unless the Lakers have a complete collapse, because we just watched AD score at what, 11 or 12 points and they still win. LeBron only had 22. It's like, you're not, you had, you haven't even got an efficient game from LeBron or AD in this series. I think AD had one. So I think that the Lakers will close it out tonight. And I'm excited to see what these next rounds bring in these playoffs. I love the intensity. I love the effort. And I think that's the biggest difference maker for the teams that are unskilled that are continuing to fight in series with teams that are on paper heads and tail and heads and shoulders better than them. But this is the purple Jaguar. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in. If you watched all the way to the end, please like and subscribe. And uh, follow me on Twitter at Nebula719M. That's Twitter at Nebula719. 
719M. Thank you, and have a blessed week.